0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Water Cooler, the world's most statistically average sports podcast. Brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network the number one podcast network for professionals check us out today at believe.com that's b l e a v my name is Ryan Saber the most electrifying voice in sports
1: information and with me as always what's up guys it's Lukey. what how are we doing today captain cleveland i'm excited man we got tony now, just shy of 2000 days between victories winning the first fedex cup playoff event i'm coming in hot today i'm coming in hot Apparently, you're going to ask me what we're talking about. What are we talking about today? Jesus,
0: I guess we're talking about Tony Fina. We're going back to Formula One. We're going to do part two of our Formula One roundtable. We're bringing Greg. We're bringing Luke back into the mix. Not this Luke, the other Luke. And uh, we're going to recap the first half of the Formula One season, and we're going to preview the rest of the season. And then we will wrap up with the over-under game, on the NFC North. So not a lot of topics today, but I believe it's going to be a full episode. Before we get into the show, a word from our sponsor. August is here with tons of exciting sports action, and Bet Online is where you should go to win money today. With Major League Baseball's second half of the season and the NFL preseason almost over at this point, right? There's plenty of lines, prop bets, and futures to love. Bet online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. You got anything this week?
1: I do actually. We're going. We're going uh, overseas to the EPL, the English Premier League. Liverpool, first place match with Chelsea, who's also in first place. Two matches in here, so very early in the season. We're taking Liverpool to pick them at BetOnline.ag minus one twenty-one. Give me Liverpool to win. Yeah, actually, give me the money line. It's plus 150 on the money line. So, yeah, Liverpool, plus 150 on the money line.
0: Liverpool on the money line. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Head to betonline.ag and start playing today. Bet online, your online sports book experts. All right. Formula one Roundtable part two. We're bringing back the guys. We're bringing back Greg. We're bringing back Luke. Want to take the opportunity today. Got a lot of traction on on the last formula one round table. So I want to, first of all, thank you guys for coming back on the show. We certainly appreciate the opportunity to learn more about formula one with you guys. So thank you. We're going to recap the first half of the season. And then we're going to preview the rest of the season. Got a list of questions. We're going to go a little bit rapid fire. So is everybody ready? Everybody understand the rules. Are we ready?
2: Ready to rock and let's, roll, man.
0: Let's yeah, do let's it. do it. All right. So first and foremost, I don't think we can talk about this first half of the Formula One season without talking about what's going on with Mercedes and Red Bull, the back and forth, the the accidents it's obviously turning into a significant not turning into a significant rivalry it is a full fledged rivalry max verstappen is you know i'm not going to say he's he's caught lewis hamilton but he's probably right there so greg i'm going to i'm going to let you go ahead and start on this talk a little bit about the back and forth with mercedes and red bull and just your overall thoughts on how that's played out in the first half of the season it's really interesting
2: because before Mercedes came along and was so dominant, the dominant team was Red Bull. They were used to winning. They had won you know, four world championships in a row with Sebastian Vettel, one after the other, completely dominant, just owned that era. And then ever since they went to this hybrid era, Mercedes has kind of taken off and, and done their own thing. And, you know, Lewis has been so successful. And um, it, now the tables have sort of turned again uh, with, with some of the aero changes that were uh, in, in store for this year they really kind of benefited some of those uh, higher rate cars, which is like the Red Bulls, you know, the Alpha Taris, those guys that run, if you actually look at the cars from, uh, from the side, you'll see some actually have like a higher rate. So the Red Bull like really sits up on the back versus like the Mercedes was a little bit flatter. And so these aero rules have really helped those guys. And so they've actually really taken off now. And so the, the shoes on the other foot, because you have Red Bull being so quick now with these new rules and these new aero rules helping them out. Plus just the evolution of everything they've done so far plus Verstappen is just a hell of a driver too. I mean, let's, let's be honest. And so they've actually caught and now surpassed Mercedes from a performance standpoint and Mercedes isn't used to dealing with that. So you've kind of seen it come to a head here, this season, which we've had, you know, at the beginning of the year in Imola, you know, Verstappen kind of punted uh, Hamilton off in an early turn. Uh, then it happened again in, in, in Spain at the Spanish Grand Prix. They both ran down side by side into turn one, you know, Verstappen went in deep and hard Hamilton backed out and let him have the spot. And then, of course, we all know what happened at Silverstone, where Hamilton wasn't going to take it anymore. Wasn't having it. Uh, yeah, he wasn't having it. He left that tire. And he pushed that tire in there this time. He Verstappen. He uh, <laughs> Verstappen. Verstappen is what he did. Verstappen, of course, doesn't back out because he's Max Verstappen. And the result was a really gnarly crash, which we're all obviously glad that Max is okay.
1: And a weak-ass tweet from the hospital bed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But Luke Luke has some Luke has some interesting theories on this little on this rivalry here.
3: Oh, I mean he is, Luke is it's, essentially it,
1: the Q shaman of the, <laughs> of the it's F1 not, rivalry. It's not here.
3: that hard of a reach. Like Toto Wolf, who is the team principal for Mercedes and just total total boss. He pulls the strings for the entire sport, clearly. Cause it's no secret that before the uh, Silverstone Grand Prix two weeks ago, when Hamilton was twenty-some points back in the championship. He said, all it takes is one DNF for Max. And this is a whole new ball game." Not even one lap into the uh, Silverstone Grand Prix. Hamilton put Max into the wall. Boom. There's one. So then Hamilton wins the race and we move on. It's close. Then the next race, Valtteri Bottas forgets to hit the brake for a little while and takes out half of McLaren and all of Red Bull in one fell swoop and puts Max into the wall. Mercedes has five drivers on their payroll. I mean, it, it's not that hard to think. You just go down the list. Each one of you, this is part of it. You put Max on the wall, put Max on the wall. It's, it's happening before our eyes. It's amazing to see what Total Wolf <laughs> can do to Formula One. George Russell will be next. Just wait.
1: It's, it's a very interesting theory. And you, it's, it's, it's Terry it's Terry Boat-ass. Terry Boat-ass.
0: That's, that's true. We're not here for That's the true. for the Valtteri Bottas slander, Luke. Let's this it's it's a gentleman's sport. All right. So let's move into the next one. Luke, we'll give you the first go on this. Let's talk about the dynamics with McLaren. There's been success for Lando Norris. There's been a lack of success for, for Daniel Ricciardo and you know, Daniel Ricciardo might be one of the most likable guys I've ever seen in my life as I started watching the Formula 1 series on Netflix. Definitely a daniel ricardo fan but just the 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 dynamics of mclaren why has there been success for lando norris why has there been a lack of successful daniel for daniel ricardo and just that that whole piece there i mean ricardo is he's a very likable guy and he did i
3: mean at uh renault before this he did come in and kind of tear it up and finished very well and then the the expectation was he moves to mclaren and just dominates and it just hasn't quite happened. He's had some disappointing qualifyings and, you know, some of it is probably the same thing. I mean, Sergio Perez said this before the season when he was moving over to Red Bull was uh, it takes a few races. Like I'm going to take five races to understand the car. So it's going to take Ricardo some time. And I mean, he came into a situation where Norris was already hot and up and coming last year and rising through the ranks. And I think the idea was, it was going to be a one and one a driver or Ricardo maybe got paid as the face, but Norris was just such a hot fireball that he's almost unstoppable. I mean, forget just Ricardo. He's beating everybody but Lewis and Max. He's just outside of those two. He's probably the best driver in the world right now. And so I I I learned
0: that that my mom really loves Daniel Ricardo. My my dad was telling me all about it.
2: What mom doesn't
0: like Is it from his outstanding jump shot? It is not. It's apparently his big teeth. That's what my dad's (laughs) the one with the big teeth. She's like, oh
3: yeah, I love him. Ah, well, see, I like I like Lando. Lando's cute. He's a dreamy, another dreamy guy. I like the the sexy drivers. Lando's adorable.
2: I mean, that's the thing you can't (laughs) help. You just want to squeeze him and hug on him you know my my feelings were a little bit hurt when i saw on twitter that he's got himself a little girlfriend he's been enjoying some time (laughs) with on you know the the f1 break here over the last month i'm like what about me lando come on man so you know as luke was saying you know checo did say it takes some time to get up to speed on a new chassis a new team but you know Checo went out there and won baku he took that red bull and won the whole thing you know granny had a little bit of help with uh, the tire failure for max and then lewis uh completely just bodging him into that turn forgetting about you know leaving his brake button on um but you know still he still won a race i mean it still counts uh but daniel's performance has just been so far off and it's just it's it's unfathomable for him because he's a multiple grand prix winner you know he won a lot of races with red bull he's extremely successful when he's with that team and then still had a decent amount of success when he's with renault for for being such a mid-pack team that they were um so to come to a team that's ascending like McLaren just been really surprising for him to be so slow. He struggled to get out of like, um, you know, Q3 and Q2 sometimes. It's just been really, really hard for him to, to kind of make it to the, you know, final level uh, of qualifying. So it's just, it's really been surprising for me. So I'm hoping that he's going to turn it up in the second half of the season because he's a better driver than what we've seen for the first half
1: of this year. And he doesn't really have an excuse, right? Because looking at the standings, I mean, Lando Norris is in third place, uh, you know, Daniel sitting at ninth right now. So I know that they're not identical cars. Um, you know, there, there are some differences, right?
2: I mean, they're mm-hmm. very subtle. Like, I mean, you, you had, uh, you know, the only thing experience experienced or the only example, I I think of was Haas. So you had Mazepin who was complaining that his car was heavier than Schumacher's and he was using that as like the reason for him being a little bit slower than Schumacher, but. You know, when they actually weighed them, I think it was like two or three kilograms different. That's not going to make a lick of difference, man.
3: You know, if one yeah, of them so, had a
2: big breakfast, that's about the, the difference right there.
3: So, I mean, in your opinion, do you that think... That extra it, heaviness makes it easier to spin out.
1: That's right. <laughs> in it's your all opinion, one end of the do you car? think that uh, Lando's just that much better of a driver or just, 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 a, just a difficult year right now for, for Ricardo?
2: I think it's just a difficult year because, you know, you can't say Lando's that much better of a driver. This is Lando's third year in F1 you know, he's, he's about as green as they come, you know, and for the fact that, I mean, he's been touted as someone who could be a future world champion just because of the skill that he's shown at the lower levels. So, you know, Ricardo, I think is still the better driver of the two. He just has that experience. He knows when to really try and make moves. He's one of the best passers in the entire field. Um, So I think things are just going to take some time to click for him. And, and, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing him (laughs) do that the second half of this year because, If he doesn't, you know, he might be uh, in bad shape looking for a ride sometime soon.
0: Before we move on, huge fan of of McLaren's principal, the uh, the American gentleman Uh, really like him. For those who have watched the Formula One series on Netflix, I'm going to keep referring back to that because I don't really watch races, but uh, really like the gentleman. What's it? What is his name? zach brown zach brown zach brown how could i forget that really like zach brown good dude a lot of Very pressure American. on him and uh you know he's he's clearly um responding to that so all right let's we talked a little bit about some of the big storylines here in the first half of the season let's transition to the second half greg we'll throw this one out to you for for casual fans or maybe non-fans right when we look at the second half of this formula one season, what's, what are some of the best races that are out there? And if, and if you were going to watch one or two races in the second half of the season, what would you uh, direct the casual or maybe the non-fan to watch?
2: Well, oh, for, for, for me, I mean, I, I absolutely love spa, which is the next race. It's the one coming up this weekend. It is one of the most historic tracks uh, in, in, in the F1 calendar um, is, you know, I think it's one of the oldest that they've actually been at besides maybe Bonza. But it's just so much fun to watch. It's one of the longer tracks too, so you get to see a lot of action. It's always fun to watch F one in the wet, and you know, being in Belgium this time of year, it tends to be pretty wet there. Uh, so you might be able to actually get to see a wet race, which is always fun. Because the one thing that's fun about a wet race is it definitely shakes it up. Um, it really evens things out, so you don't necessarily know who's going to win or lose. Um, it may not be the top team because you know, just the 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 you know wet tires. You know, if, if it transitions from dry to wet at some point. You know, then you have to make a call if you're going to go dry sooner or wet sooner. Um, So, you know, the strategy comes into play a lot more there and someone could just luck out on it, too. Uh, So it's just going to be a really fun race to watch. And the other thing that's going to be cool is we're actually going to have at least one new circuit uh, the rest of this year that they've never raced on before, which is the Jeddah City Circuit in Saudi Arabia. Um, And it is going to be the highest speed city circuit they've ever done. So that's really going to be something to watch. And I think that's the second to last race of the year is going to be Jetta right now. So that one is going to be really, really cool. I'm definitely got that one circled on my calendar. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Luke, yeah, any you'd like uh, to add?
3: Well, I was going to say the chance of rain at Spa makes it way more plausible that uh, George Russell could lose control and hit Max Verstappen at some place during the race next week. So keep your eyes out for that.
0: All right. So here, here's one that, that Luke, a question that, that I'll just give to the field that, that Luke kind of asked, do we think Haas is going to get a point this year? Zero chance. <laughs> no. Literally no.
2: zero chance. I mean, the only way they would get a point is if 10 cars crashed. Actually. Oh my just no, because yeah. two
3: of the 10 would be Mazepin and Schumacher. Well, so that's that also true. Happen. But
2: <laughs> if, if 10 other cars that were not Haas cars crashed, that would be the only way they get a point.
0: No chance. That's what we're going with. None. I mean no. last... zero, zero percent chance. Zero.
2: Last if you, if race. You could, a third if you could, of the make, a, if you could make a bet out. on that, you know, it'd probably be like one to one odds. <laughs> Luke, yeah, you
3: maybe plus at? ten thousand. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So let's I'm gonna save some of this potential movement. This question on movement for the end here. Let's just go right into it. Who wins it? Does the robot win it? Does the machine win it, or or does does the golden boy win it? I'm gonna tell you guys right now. I fucking love Max Verstappen. My uh-huh. hold on, hold on. My fucking father loves Max Verstappen, and look, he he might be an asshole, he might be a robot, but the the, the fucking dude is amazing and you know i I think there's a little bit of potential like lewis hamilton fatigue or whatever obviously verstappen had a lead lewis hamilton has come back here a little bit uh towards the end of the first half of the season let's just go around the table luke luke hopkins will start with you who's going to get it this year
3: the goat lewis sorry sir lewis hamilton will be your 2021 formula one champion
1: crockpot Uh, No surprise here. I'm going with Sir Lewis Hamilton of Mercedes to win uh, the uh, 2021 F1 World Championship. Mr. Karpinski. Sir Lewis Carl Hamilton
2: is going to win the F1 World Championship this year. (laughs) And that's just because he knows how to do it. Um, You know, Max, I think, actually has more pace than he does, but Max doesn't have the decision-making capability just yet and maybe that got knocked into his head in that last accident in and maybe it is gonna be what corrects him from you know uh, approaching every turn with you're either gonna back out or one of us is gonna crash mentality because that's how he races that's how he's been so successful but all the other drivers have been playing a long game he never really had to until this point you know now he needs to compete for more than that race he needs to understand there's a much bigger picture. He's in it for the World Championship. Red Bull's in it for the Constructors' Championship. He needs to start making decisions that are going to benefit him and his
0: team in the long run instead of in the immediacy of that one turn. I will tell you guys one thing. I do have a tendency to pick the champions right on this podcast. So just, I just, I just want to throw that out there. Now, this is clearly – not my lane, and this is not a space that I, I know much about, but uh, I do have the data on my side on this one when it comes to the run I've been on recently with picking champions, so.
1: Recently. All runs all right. come to an end.
0: You know, look, I think we can spend all day talking about the top two guys in the sport right now. Let's talk about the race for third place. In Both the teams and the drivers, right? Red Bull, Mercedes, Hamilton, Verstappen. Those are the that's you know one and two across the board. There, who do we like for the race for third place? Uh, for both the teams and the drivers, Greg, we'll start with you. I like
2: Lando. I mean, uh, you know, I, I have a lot of bias coming to this because I am a Lando fan. I'm a McLaren fan. I, I really want to see McLaren have someone finish in the top three. I want to see that team do well. I want to see them finish third in constructors and and Lando is just so likable. You just want to see him do well. Uh, He's had the pace, you know, I mean, I think every race he's finished in the top five, except for I believe one or two this season, so he's been extremely consistent, extremely successful thus far, and he's been, you know, obviously rewarded with being third in the standings at this point. So I, I really think he's going to hang on there. Um, I haven't seen the pace from Ferrari. I'm actually wearing the wrong shirt. I should be wearing my missing winning Ferrari T-shirt today, uh, but I forgot to put it on before we got on the pod here. Uh, so, you know, I, I really think think McLaren's going to take it from a constructor standpoint. And I think Lando's going to hang on to it from a, from a driver standpoint.
3: I strongly disagree. Um, <laughs> Ferrari is probably going to beat McLaren. They're a superior car constructor, first off, but, but also just the team is hotter. Back-to-back podiums. Yes, Lando has three podiums this year, but as likable as Ricardo is, you haven't seen as much from him. Leclerc and um, Signs have both been strong, finishing regularly in the top five, top six. As I said, back-to-back podiums going into Belgium. They just They seem like the hotter team, the hotter car. They have two hot hands every week versus McLaren, who, yes, Lando probably will finish top five, but Ricardo may not get out of Q2 and so I don't know it's just Ferrari's got more consistency on their side and more uh, opportunities at scoring points. Luke, anything you want to add?
1: Um these guys obviously know a lot more about it than I do but um being that I am a McLaren fan, I'm going to I'm going to side with Greg here. <laughs> I-
0: that, that that's it that's right. what i
1: like to hear man that's right. deep analysis <laughs> all right so so let's
0: move into some some movement rumors a uh, little bit of a of an off-season preview if you will look we're we're absolutely going to have you guys back on i mean this this formula one roundtable is going to extend as, as long as you guys still want to come out of the show so do you see mercedes replacing Volteri botas I read an article today as I was preparing for the show. Sounds like George Russell is the name that they're throwing out there. I don't know George Russell, so uh, I could be totally off base. Now, there was an article that was released probably at this point now about six hours ago on F1.com where Valtteri Bottas said that Lewis Hamilton actually told him that he wants him to still be his teammate next year. So I guess, Greg, we'll throw this one to you. Do you see Mercedes replacing Botas? If so, who is it? And if they do replace Botas, where do you see him next year if that happens? So sort of a three-part question there.
2: So first, I think this is when Mercedes goes ahead and replace Bottas. His performance this year has not been as key as it has been. I mean, part of that is just because Mercedes doesn't have the pace relative to the field that they've had before everyone else has stepped up. They've kind of stayed the same. So Bottas' advantage has kind of evaporated. Uh, plus some of the mistakes that he made, what Luke called out, you know, when um, he went into the first turn. Uh, in, in our last race there in, in hungary you know took out you know uh, a number of competitors you know so that's not good for mercedes uh, of course you know you know q luke th- is over there thinking he did it on purpose but yeah that first, wasn't he a it. mistake he, he was he was just mad because he, he didn't have a great start he spun the wheels lando went past him sure um, it's all and so he, he tried to break late and and carry a little bit of speed through the turn and it just didn't, didn't happen for him um so i think george russell gets the seat um so we'll have a have a hamilton russell pairing all british uh which will just um give everyone in the uk an erection. um just you know seeing that team <laughs> pairing there's just going to be so much excitement for those guys so where does botas go that's the big question so he could flip he could flip back because he was with williams before he went to mercedes so he could go back and take a williams seat uh williams is actually starting to make some progress now so he might actually want to go back there um another uh seat that i've heard him rumored for is alfa romeo um, neither Alpha d- driver is under contract right now for next year, um, so they have uh, you know completely open uh, field to who they could uh, put put in that seat. Um, now Al- Alpha is obviously kind of a, a junior team for Ferrari, so Ferrari would have a lot of say who might go there. You could have uh, maybe a Mick Schumacher be elevated because he's been you know pretty strong in the car relative to his teammate. So there's you know a lot of different things can move around there, but I would see Botas most likely going to Williams or Alpha.
3: Look. um honestly greg knows a lot more about this subject than i will so I, can't, I i do so i can't really add much else of insight
0: i like i like the honesty Mr. 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 Crocker, you got anything else before we wrap up? I know that you've been dying for this show. I don't know if there's any additional insight that you want to provide to sort of sort of flex your Formula One muscles that you've started to uh, develop over the last, I believe you guys were on in March. So over the last, you know, four
1: or five months or so. Well, I've really honed in in the last five weeks. And as you know, there hasn't been a race in the last three. So I'm very on top of this stuff. But I did have, I did have one other question. Um, you know, you talk about McLaren being kind of a mid, a midfield team, a midfield car, a midfield constructor, whatever you, you said it was, but um, how do those teams become, you know, I, I know it's, it's, it's money-based, but how do those teams become and build like long-term? So they got a young driver that seems to be a star. Like, is that, is that a, um a car that can keep him a team that can keep him long-term or is he probably looking, you know, to go to a, a Red Bull or, you know, a Mercedes when one of those seats opens up.
2: So, you know, he's, he's going to probably want to stay with McLaren. They were the team that brought him out of formula two. They put their belief in him. They signed him. They're ascending as well. You know, if they were falling back, um, kind of like they had been in, in years past, like 2017, 2018, uh, when you, when they had Fernando Alonso, you know, a, uh, world champion driver in his own right and they were kind of sliding backwards. You know, that's when Fernando left the sport. He was like, this is it for me guys, peace out. I'll see you later and you know, he was only just re- recently came back this season uh to race for Alpine, which was kind of cool. Um so I really see Lando staying there long term. Um especially we don't know what's going to happen after the the significant aero changes Uh, For 2022, the cars are going to look completely different. It's going to reset a lot of the field. Um, The power is still going to be the same. So um, Mercedes should still be quick. Red Bull should still be quick. Uh, uh, McLaren uses Mercedes power, so they should be okay as well. So it's really going to see who can make the most of the new aero packages that come next year is who's going to be um, an ascending team again. So as long as McLaren stays up there and gives him the chance at podiums, I don't see Lando going anywhere. Cause why would you, you know, look what happened to Danny when he switched to McLaren, you know, he's, he's on a big learning curve coming from Renault. Um, so Lando, I don't think wants to find himself in that position when he's got such a positive trajectory on his career right now.
0: Is Danny Daniel Ricardo, do you call him Danny? Yeah. Just want to make sure Danny Rick. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Luke, you, Luke, Luke Hopkins, you got anything else you want to add?
3: Um, no, I mean, on the last thing, you know, I think Greg's right. Like to think about like speculating on who's going to be like the teams to beat going forward, there's going to be such massive changes to the cars and to this uh, structure after this year. I mean, they've got their own version of financial fair play basically coming into effect starting next year. So it's kind of a toss up as to who's going to be the best. Yeah. Merkle still be up there. Red Bull still be up there. Ferrari will still be up there, but and McLaren, obviously, but I mean, it's who's going to be one really could be anybody's game in a couple years. If somebody can figure out the new system faster than the other guys, it's uh, really a fresh start for everybody.
0: All right. Luke Hopkins, Greg Karpinski. Thank you so much for joining us on the water cooler. We certainly appreciate the insight into the first half of the season. Looking forward to the second half of the season. We'll definitely have you guys on the show again to talk more Formula One. You guys are the official water cooler Formula One experts. So just like to thank you guys for for coming on the show today. We appreciate everything. Thanks, guys. That was fun. Thanks for having us, guys.
3: Yeah, thanks for having us anytime. I love, uh, love coming and talking to you guys.
0: All right. Great insight there from Greg, from Luke, from you on the second half of the Formula One season. Now let's get into football, right? We can't go... A week without talking about our over-under game. This week, we have the NFC North. This season, the NFC North plays the NFC West. They play the AFC North. Plus, each team plays the teams from the NFC South, NFC East, and the AFC West that finished with the same record as them. So the AFC West is the NFC North's 17th game this year. All right, let's start with Detroit. Look, Detroit's one of the three worst teams in the NFL. Everybody knows you're talking Houston, you're talking Detroit, you're talking Philadelphia. So not a lot of optimism for this team this year. They play at the Falcons. They have the Eagles at home, and they play at the Broncos. Detroit,
1: four and a half. What do you got? Oh man, give me give me the under. I mean, they get the Bengals at home too, but I, I think the Bengals are a lot better. Yeah, I, not a lot here. They'll they'll win some games that they probably shouldn't, some division games, and you know that that Falcons game is whatever. You know, they get the Cardinals at home and and a, and a one o'clock kick could catch them sleeping a little bit. But yeah, give me the under. I, I don't really, I don't see much here. These these guys have an absolutely brutal schedule. I
0: mean, let's be honest. They're probably playing the best two divisions in football with the top to bottom with the NFC West and the AFC North. Right, the last team in both of those divisions is probably better than the second or third team in in other divisions. So, absolutely brutal schedule here. All I see are maybes. Okay, I see two or three maybes. I, I definitely think that they have a chance to beat the Eagles because the Eagles are terrible, but. I see two or three maybes, and that's it. I'm going under. I got Detroit two and fifteen
1: this year. I think that's fair. I mean, you know, I said that they'll, they'll win a game that they probably shouldn't, but really, the only one that I really see them having a chance, like you said, two or three maybes, is what I see. And, and like the Eagles is the Eagles game at home is is really the only one, and I don't even know if they'll be favored in that game.
0: That's a winnable game for them. And, you know, like you said, Cincinnati and some others. So, all right, let's we're not going to sit here and bang on Detroit. The poor fans, poor fans of Detroit Bears. Let's move to them.
1: Yeah, they got to live in Detroit. So let's just move on. Yeah,
0: exactly. Look, the Bears, the, the big thing with the Bears is like, how long do they screw around with Justin Fields? They, I, I believe, they named Andy Dalton the starter for Week One, which is crazy. Now, look, Justin Fields did take a pretty nasty hit this past weekend in the game. I think he got a little too, a little too comfortable, a little too early. So, you know, maybe it's a little bit of a learning moment uh, with Matt Nagy and those guys. But the way they manage this Andy Dalton, Justin Fields situation is really going to dictate the way this season goes. I believe they play at Tampa. They have the Giants at home. And they play at Las Vegas Bears seven and a half. What do you got?
1: Man, that's tough. Um, it's just it's just so hard because we don't know. Like you, as you mentioned, we don't know when Fields is coming, and the schedule is is pretty rough. I'm gonna go under. I could see him getting to six or seven. You know, the Giants late couple games with the Vikings, who aren't much better than them. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go under.
0: Yeah, look, this entire division, I talked about it. They have to go through the gauntlet. There's no easy stretches on really anybody's schedule, maybe Green Bay. And we'll get to that in a little bit. I see I see four and, and like five maybes on here. I'm, I think I'm being a little bit gracious. And, and a lot of that has to do with, you know, I anticipate sooner rather than later, they're going to put Justin Fields in there. But I'm going under. I, they got a bad offensive line. The Sandy Dalton stuff with Nagy gives me cause for pause with this team. They, they seem to find a way to kind of sneak into the playoffs pretty regularly. But I, I just I don't see it this year. I'm going under. I got them seven and ten. Just under seven and ten. Yeah, I like that. Minnesota. Can they bounce back? Right. They won 10 games in 2019, and I think a lot of people were high on them, including me, right? High on Minnesota in 2020, they only won seven games. So they're at Carolina, they have Dallas at home, and they're at the Chargers. Nine is the number. What do you got?
1: Yeah, just as I look here, just try and count. I mean, I'm getting right at about 10. What is the number? Did you say nine even? It's nine. That's a great number man i'm i again I'm do it I do this every week, but I'm gonna push I do it, I do it once a week, but I, I just I think they're right at that nine ten number and um you know maybe a surprise here and a surprise win and a surprise loss here or there so so yeah get, I'm gonna go I'm gonna push you know Green Bay
0: being a team that won a lot last year, the Bears sneaking into the playoffs, Minnesota having a little bit of an off year. Because of that, they probably have the most manageable schedule in the division. Obviously, Detroit's schedule is easier, but they're terrible. So I see six in in like five maybes. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I think they're able to take the step. uh, You know, take the step is is, is probably a stretch. I don't know if they make the playoffs, but I'm going to go over and I got them at 10 and 7.
1: It's because they have such a good quarterback, as we discussed last week.
0: They, they certainly have a good offense. And, you know, their defense, they have some players on defense. I think they can win 10, 10 football games. They obviously get to play Detroit twice. You know, I, look, I, I think that there, there's a shot there. All right. Last but not least, Green Bay. Look, this is the last dance for this team. Rodgers is gone after this year. Devontae Adams is probably gone after this year. I mean, what a fucking disaster is going on in, in Green Bay at Lambeau Field. But I think that this team is going to make the best of their situation this year. Aaron Rodgers is still on the, as you called it, the fuck you tour. I think this it's going to extend into this year. They are at the Saints. They have the Washington football team at home. And they play at Kansas City. The over/under for them is ten.
1: What do you think? Over. I counted eleven right off the rip. Yeah. I think they're the second best team in the NFC, and uh, I mean they're going to start six and zero. So they do go to San Francisco in week three, but I think they're going to win that game. Yes, they're going to start. They're going to start six and zero, and then uh, a little bit of a tough stretch there. They get Washington at home, at Arizona, at Kansas City, and then first the Seahawks at Kansas city versus the Rams before the, you know, they get back into division play, but yeah, I just think they're going to be too good. And we know that Rodgers plays well when, uh, when people tend to, I don't want to say doubt him, but, um, but yeah, doubt him. And, 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 you know, you've pissed him off. Okay. So he's been pissed off. He's ready to go and he, he's probably going to light the league on fire and maybe win a, a second consecutive MVP here. So who do you think the best team in the NFC? Tampa pretty it's pretty good
0: that's pretty uh pretty it's chalk a, yeah pretty good prediction all right look i have exact i have written down exactly what you just said they have an easy first six and then it gets pretty brutal for the next eight or nine games including a christmas day matchup with the new look cleveland browns so green bay has a tough schedule but you know they have the offense Probably the defense, the quarterback, to be able to manage that. I see 11, just like you said, 11 off the rip. I see 11 and five maybes. I'm going over. I think they, they've they won 13 games the last few years. I think they win 13 again this
1: year. They go 13-4. Yeah, they might be the second-best team, but they might push for um, – I know, I know Tampa has an easier schedule, but they might push for a bye. That's why they play the games.
0: All right, so that wraps it up. Over-under game for the NFC North. We have the one that everybody's been waiting for next week.
1: We're going to do the AFC North, which it's, speaking of the AFC North, a uh, possible Super Bowl matchup there on Christmas Day with the Cleveland Browns. It's going to get fucking crazy, I'm sure. <laughs> and there, there's a little preview right
0: there from from the crockpot. So get ready for uh, there's going to be no homerism next week. It's all going to be biased opinions on what the Browns
1: over-under is going to be. I promise you that. This is the number one podcast network for professionals. We are professional here. We do not let our biases come into play. That's correct. That's correct. All right. So what else do
0: we got in the pipeline? The Madden 22 preview on Zero Dark Nerdy. That came out last week. If you have, if you guys haven't listened to that, please take the opportunity to listen. In the coming weeks, college football preview next week. We'll have the NFL preview the the following week. And, you know, Luke, I called Luke on Saturday and he, answered the phone and I talked to him for about five minutes. And he at one point said, are you fucking with me? (laughs) Because I think we're going to incorporate a little pro wrestling into the show. I'm not quite sure how we want to do it yet. Tim Howell, who, for those of you who have heard, Uh, Listen to Zero Dark Nerdy. He guests on Zero Dark Nerdy a lot. He is on a podcast called NW Bros. A lot of crazy shit going on in professional wrestling with CM Punk going to AEW. Brock Lesnar coming back to the, the WWE two nights in a row. Social media is buzzing. Look, I'm not a huge wrestling fan. I know Luke, you know, doesn't miss Monday Night Raw, but it's it's uh I believe sports entertainment is still part of sports and we're going to find a way to incorporate these big stories into the show. Not sure how yet, but be on the lookout for that. You got any, (laughs) any, anything you want to say about, about wrestling?
1: I'm looking forward to doing the episodes.
0: (laughs) Don't forget at WC sports pod, Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, like, follow, and subscribe to us. We are now available on all your favorite streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Anywhere that you find podcasts, you can find us. We are also available on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. And as always, we are presented by the one and only BetOnline.ag. With that... We love you and enjoy your lives. Tony Fee
1: now playoff champion, baby. Somebody suck, man.